BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Right on Hollywood with Christian Toto, part of the Just the News Podcast Network. Sick of media bias infecting film reviews? Furious that too many stars insult your views? Right on Hollywood has your back. Christian is an award-winning journalist, movie critic, and founder of HollywoodinToto.com, the right take on entertainment. Now here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to Right on Hollywood, a proud member of the Just the News Podcast Network. This week's show is brought to you by Real Time with Bill Maher. Pretty nice talk show you have there, Mar. Would be a shame if one of your old problematic jokes resurfaced. We just learned Netflix still wants to be in the Dave Chappelle business. That's not news on the surface. I mean, he's one of comedy's biggest stars. Why wouldn't Netflix want to write him some more checks? They seem to have a lot of checks, don't they? But it's not that simple. Before cancel culture savage Joe Rogan, they did the same to Chappelle. He told jokes he wasn't allowed to tell. Chaos ensued. Protests at Team Netflix, the press, which fully supports cancel culture, as long as it doesn't take down Whoopi Goldberg, ramped up the story as much as it could. Yet Netflix buckled a bit but didn't break. Now we're learning the streamer will be creating four new comedy specials with Chappelle. Chappelle wants to spotlight some veteran comics who just never got super famous like he did, but they deserve it. It's a great idea. It's also a body blow against cancel culture. Chappelle was supposed to be gone by now, but he's not. And it wasn't the only body blow of late. Joe Rogan, in case you haven't noticed, is still on Spotify, still collecting those big, big checks, still punching back against media corruption. One of those uh, attacks came from the White House. Let that last part sink in, all you morally righteous never-Trumpers. Yeah, there are consequences to elections. Now, the wave of artists who are going to pull their music from Spotify, a la Joni Mitchell, a la David Crosby, didn't really happen. The media's bullying against Rogan didn't work. It didn't cow him. And I know I've been very critical of Rogan for apologizing for using the N-word. Not that it was good to use that word, but his critics don't want apologies. They're not willing to forgive and forget. They want him canceled. They want that scalp on their shelf. It hasn't built a kind of momentum that would really, truly cancel him and kick him off of Spotify. Right now, he survived a lot. I don't know if it's the worst of the attacks, but it's pretty darn bad. We'll have to see what he does next on the show, the guests he has on the show. But right now, he still sounds feisty, still sounds like the old Joe Rogan. That's a hopeful sign, especially when two big, big companies like Netflix and Spotify stand up to the cancel culture mob. Take a bow, you two. I really appreciate it. You done good, my late dad would say. You want even more great news? 
Amazon, which removed a documentary about Clarence Thomas last year during Black History Month of all months. They just restored that film a few days ago during the current Black History Month. I guess that's one way to celebrate. The movie itself is called Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words. And last year, once it went went uh, missing on that particular platform, it got it, it, it ended up being elsewhere. I think the Daily Wire had it, Salem Media had it as well, but now it's back on Amazon. And you could say, so what? But Amazon's a huge company, one of the biggest platforms on the planet. When you take something down from one of the biggest platforms, it matters. And when it goes back up, that matters too. Of course, the big mystery here is why did Amazon remove it? Why did they bring it back? I have no idea. I did reach out to them directly last year when it happened. No response, no luck. The team behind the movie, no response, no explanation. I don't think Amazon's too proud of their actions. They don't want to talk about it, and their silence, once again, speaks volumes. Now, it's really easy to get cocky about cancel culture at this particular moment. Does all this good news mean the woke mob is waning in power? Did I write that book, Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul? Uh, is, is that sort of that moment past? Sadly, no. And here's a quick reality check. You just need two words. Jimmy Carr. Now, he's not a huge name stateside, but the comedian is pretty big in England. And his current council culture fight is far more serious, in a way, than what Chappelle endured last year and what Joe Rogan did just a few weeks ago. Now, Carr told a joke about the Holocaust. It was a dark joke. It was a nasty joke. It insulted gypsies. And it did so from a very obvious, wildly irreverent tone. He was trying to be a bad boy. That's still allowable in comedy. You say things you shouldn't say. Sometimes the shock is what matters. Sometimes the, the, the surprise is why it's funny. I don't think he means anything of what he said. He's a comedian. He's trying to get a reaction. And the crowd who heard that joke, they laughed. Maybe uncomfortably. Sometimes laughs do come from an, a place of discomfort. And the joke itself existed on Netflix for a while. Then, of course, the outrage police pulled Carr over. And it got really nasty. I've been reading some stories about it, and some political leaders in Europe are saying, you can't have these jokes. You've got to ban them. Maybe even punishment should ensue. That is creepy. And it's a lesson, too. The fight against cancel culture, it's only started. We can take these wins when they come, but this is a long battle ahead of us. You're listening to my dad's podcast. He cried like a baby watching Snoopy come home. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week's Toto's take is I want you back. Now, as I said before, I usually reserve this spot for older films, obscure titles, things that maybe passed you by, but I want to give you a heads up on. But I'm going to make an exception for this rom-com. Jenny Slate and Charlie Day star as two people who got dumped when the movie opens, and their characters team up, and they hatch a plan to get their exes back. They're going to sabotage their ex-lovers and their current relationships, and they'll come running back to their old flames. It sounds really Kate Hudson-y, doesn't it? Ugh. And that's what I thought when I was watching it. I thought, let me just give it a chance. What the heck? My wife and I wanted a rom-com. We're in that mood. No, it's not Kate Hudson-like at all. I was shocked and happily surprised. It's smart. It's funny. It's mature. It's filled with some grace notes I didn't see coming. I don't think you will either. Now, Day can be pretty darn screechy. I mean, part of it is his voice. He can't help that. But he's excellent here. And Slate is just as good, if not better. 
She's wonderfully vulnerable where it counts. That's exactly what you need in a rom-com like this. Now, I didn't think this was very funny, funny, like over the top, outrageous. Oh my gosh, you've got to see this moment. It's so cool. It's so funny. No, it's kind of has a, a more sedated kind of humor to it. You will laugh. You'll definitely smile. You'll also recognize why dating is just so hard. I know personally it took me forever to find my bride, and I still have the emotional scars to prove it. That was brutal. I don't miss dating at all. You know, and I thought about afterwards, why did I like this movie so much? Was it just the movie? Or did I enjoy it because I wanted to see a good rom-com for a change? My expectations were so low. Or then I thought, I just watched Marry Me, which was the height of mediocrity. I'm being kind. And rom, and I Want You Back is a much better rom-com. Smarter, more thoughtful, more engaging. It's everything a rom-com should be. It's no When Harry Met Sally, but it's pretty darn good. And it's streaming right now on Amazon Prime. Check it out. A few months ago, I was on the set of Terror on the Prairie. It's the Daily Wire movie that's coming this summer. And I met a YouTube personality. I'd never heard of his name before. Didn't check out his channel. His name was Jeremy, and he was part of the quartering. He was a really nice guy. He was smart. He was funny. Very hard worker. And I'm thinking, he makes a lot of videos. But I had no idea who he was. And that's on me. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit dense when it comes to YouTube. I don't get all the personalities and the stars. I'm, I'm, sometimes my kids you know, teach me about things that I had no idea about, like Mr. Beast. Apparently, I think he's doing quite well on YouTube. It was my mistake. Jeremy has got a huge following. And he uses it to crush the woke mob. I love it. But that was kind of like my awakening. I started checking out more YouTube channels. And that led me to Nerdorotic. It's another great channel, and it lets Hollywood people know that we are fed up with these lame sequels and all the identity politics. It's just exhausting. Meet Gary. He's the mind behind the channel. He's shrewd. He's passionate. He's driven by a love of geek culture. I am too, but he's, he's the real deal. He's also the kind of guy who's happy to shred all those false narratives we have about Hollywood and things that are successful and not so successful, sort of the, the way that Hollywood likes to pretend that things are great when maybe they're not so much. His monologues are just killer. He does great video editing as well. These are really well-produced videos. Smart stuff, man. I, I have no idea how he does it. I am not in the video editing game, and he is just crushing it. And plus, he has a separate show. It's called Friday Night Tights. And he invites a whole bunch of interesting guests. They could be fellow YouTube podcasters, fellow geeks, uh, comedians, you name it. They just kind of bat around the latest pop culture issues. It's a lot of fun. Now, I love the fact that he was able to join the show. But also, I love the fact that Gary really likes great content, TV shows, movies. I know he's got a bone to pick with a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of chips on his shoulder, and I get that. But he really wants to wake up Hollywood. He's saying, please, I like great Hollywood content. I want you to make more of it. But your creators these days are just too busy checking all those woke boxes to make some great shows, the kind of shows that we all love and love to talk about. If I only listen to him, or at the very least, my chat with him, I think they might learn something. I'm sure you will, too. Gary, welcome to the show. You are a YouTube star. You've got a big following. And I'm sure when you were a young kid, this was exactly the plan you had all along. But uh, can, you, can you share just a really short version of how you got here? I know there's a lot of sort of twists and turns and background information, but just to give people a snapshot, because I'm always fascinated by people who are so successful on YouTube and they have this big following. But what's, what's the short version of how you got here? Uh, the Cliff Notes version <laughs> is basically a blue collar worker most of my life. I worked in auto parts. Uh, one day, 
just on a whim, decided to buy a comic book shop, did that for 10 years. I'm a lifelong nerd, by the way, and I bought the comic shop. I closed the comic shop. Uh, and when I did that, I wanted to stay in tune with the, with my people, with my fellow nerds. So I started a podcast that I didn't expect anybody to listen to. It was just <laughs> for fun. It's just so, cause the best part about the comic shop was talking to people every day about the things we love. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to stay in touch with that and that's how it started. And I never, ever thought it would be like this. And I imagine that, that kind of analog background is actually perfect training ground for the work you do now. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. It's, it's no different. I mean, you know, I have to read people's responses if I'm not talking to somebody on a live stream, but mm -hmm. it is exactly the same. Yeah. I was going to work every day at the comic shop and just whatever happened, uh, whatever latest rumor came across or like today with the Lord of the Rings announcement, people are all, you know, that's all we'd be talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. What did that time teach you about this process? I mean, obviously you have similar interests, there's a similar passion, but having that experience, did it teach you sort of things you weren't aware of within the community? What, what, what was sort of the educational part of that? The educational part was that nerddom has, I mean, it's always been a scrappy place. We always like to, you know, you know, challenge each other's knowledge, but it's a place where everybody likes to sh share what they love, no matter what their background is, no matter what their skin color is, no matter how they identify. I had a shop in San Francisco and the one rule in that shop was no politics. We don't mm -hmm. talk about politics where we can talk about anything else. And it never was a problem. It, and in the very liberal San Francisco, uh, just people came together for, you know, over their love of Spider-Man or whatever. And, you know, we, whatever argument was uh, going on in the shop, it was over somebody's powers or mm. somebody, it's, yeah. it's something simple. And, and that's, that was, that was, it blew my mind. Uh, and that was the beautiful part of fandom that doesn't get talked about enough in my opinion. Absolutely. I completely agree. I almost wish we can take a, uh, the Doc Brown's time traveling car and go back there because that, that lack of political conversation would be, uh, would be rather uh, enjoyable, even if, even if we didn't agree on everything. But I, I, I want to, yeah. I'm going to maybe force you to give a little bit of your secret sauce away and, and you can do it on your own terms. It's one thing to have a podcast channel. You've got a great voice. You've got really deep insights into the material you cover. So I don't want to discount your, your, your abilities, but is there sort of a, a thing you, you kind of stumbled upon or, or created along the way that helped you be so successful? Uh, as far as the YouTubing, uh, it was, I, w I believe it's determination, just my determination to just, I have, was having so much fun and mm -hmm. I, I I'm a, a slightly obsessive nature that uh, I just really dedicated myself to this thing without foregoing my family and sure, stuff sure. And, and my day job. And, uh, you know, it's just something I look forward to every day. And I made sure to consistently put out something. Uh, it had to be something I cared about. Uh, that was the important thing. I don't talk about every story. It's just something that, you know, mm -hmm. inflames my passion. Uh, and that's it. It was just a, a dedication to if, cause if you're going to make it on YouTube, you it's um, we don't, I don't like to use the word work, right. <laughs> cause it doesn't feel like work, but it is. I mean, I mean, I'm working, uh, I'm doing this 16 hours a day. Uh, oh my gosh, quite often, quite often, uh, especially recently. Uh, and that's no joke. It's, it's a morning tonight 
Uh, I'll take little breaks here and there, and that's fine to see the family. But after they go to bed, I'm I do a two hours of work from like ten to midnight. Uh, it's it's constant. Uh, yeah. I take one day off a week. That's it. But the, it, it once it gets rolling, uh, it, it doesn't feel like work. It's it's pure passion, and uh, and it's just I. It's something I stumbled into. Like I said, I, I wish there was like one magic answer because, you know, I see people out there on the on the platform that are really good that don't get traction. Yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, it, it's never made sense to me. I Let's, don't know if that makes sense, but it, it's just simply work ethic. I there, think. There's no secret sauce here, but I, I, I do think one of the recurring themes is determination, consistency, hard work. Those are all principal factors here, which you're absolutely describing, which is interesting. You know, I want to go back to the politics just real briefly, because when you and I are going back and forth on email before our conversation now, you said, you know, I'm not a big conservative guy. And I think if someone were to quickly stumble upon your channel and watch a show or two, you think, oh, this guy's right of center for sure. And that fascinates me. Can you can you press a little bit into that? Because it almost feels like if you're critical of certain elements in in geekdom today for lack of a better phrase you're you're deemed right and yet it's not it's not where you are specifically but drill down a little bit to that because that that intrigues me yeah i I've, i'm a lifelong independent and i was never like a political being at all uh it, it just you know i i'm sure i voted in a presidential elections but not all of them i just kind of went about my life and i started noticing changes back at the comic shop days, but I never thought it would turn into what it is now. And yeah, it did surprise me at first when we would criticize the last Jedi or I would criticize a female doctor and we'd get just hit with uh, pejoratives, just mm -hmm. constant pejoratives. And that was that, that was the argument. I'm going, wait a minute, you know, uh, especially when it comes to doctor who it's like, I'm just talking about a TV show here. We're talking about yeah. one TV show that I felt that one character should just remain male. And it, it became some of this controversial uh, opinion, which I was a little shocked about, to be honest with you. And that's what really started the traction with my channel because I was just simply saying things that other people were thinking, but felt like they couldn't say this. That's, that's where we're at right mm -hmm. now. I think we're seeing more people speak their mind. Uh, but uh, back in 2017, it was, you were shut down immediately. Yeah. So that's that. And, and yes, that all of a sudden I'm labeled alt-right. Um, <laughs> I'm called a Nazi. I'm called a white supremacist. I'm called everything under the sun just because uh, as a lifelong Doctor Who fan, I'm like, you know, I kind of want him to stay a dude. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Doesn't sound crazy. But uh, no. you, you mentioned Lord of the Rings before, and I, I think You've been you've been kind of suspicious, but maybe that's the best way to, or or kind of reading the tea leaves and a little little leery of what's to come. Can you think of an example of where maybe a pop culture, a movie, a TV show, anything, where you were similarly suspicious and saw some foreboding signs, and then when the thing came out, you thought, you know what, that ain't bad. That that actually that hits the spot. I was kind of curious, just in recent pop culture memory. In recent pop culture, so something that surprised me that I thought was going to be utter trash. Yeah, that I yeah. Loved. Um, I would have to say uh, in recent memory, it was probably, probably the Snyder Cut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought, I, 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 I was, uh, I thought it would, I was all for it. You know, I, I liked fan movements and I know that one was a little salty, <laughs> but um 
I just thought it, I thought it would, would just be more, I thought, you know, cause I, I saw, I wasn't the biggest fan of the previous work. Right. Uh, I, th- I like some elements of it, but I really liked the Snyder cut. And I thought I'm like, I'm happy it's being made, but I think it's going to be garbage. And I ended up loving it and watching it multiple times. And I know not everybody loves it, but that was, uh, as far as something, I don't know that that was that I thought would just be an utter woke disaster. Uh, that hasn't happened recently. Okay. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> it, yeah, it just hasn't. I wish it did. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I just watched Reacher and I just kind of expect everything to be a little woke. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I had the same reaction. You know, I I think one of the things that frustrates me as a commentator on pop culture is that I just wish that the people I disagree with in Hollywood would read my book, would check out my website. I, you know, I, I think I am coming out of a place of sort of love for the for the content and a wish for everything to be wonderful and great and, and spectacular. And I mean, that's unrealistic, but it is it is my my aspiration, and I, I think you're the same way. Do you get the sense or do you get feedback from people within the industry, comic books, TV shows? Do you ever do they reach out to you and say, hey, appreciate your criticism or I agree or any any kind of feedback that way? It's yes, it, it's um, it's happened multiple times anonymously, right? Somebody <laughs> yeah. will reach out and go really like what you're saying. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Don't use um, my name. And then on the other side, yes, recently I've had a, 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 a we haven't been able to connect. And it's been my fault because I'm moving. But um, the director of, I'll just say a director of a, of a big film that's okay. quite controversial right now uh, did reach out to me and they wanted to talk. Uh, they watched one of my videos and they wanted to, and, and I, was, I was a little skeptical at first. I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about? But they said they wanted to have a real conversation. We have yet to have that conversation, but that, that has happened recently, yes. But I would imagine you would want that. I would think that other people in the industry, I mean, I went to art school. I, I wanted criticism. When I, have a, when I submit a story to a, for a freelance project, I don't want just a blanket. Hey, okay, I'd love feedback. I'd love to grow from it. I'd love to learn from it. That's how I get better. And I would think that people in Hollywood, while they may have thin skins at times because artists tend to be that way, that they'd want that. I mean, is that frustrating to you that more people aren't reaching out to you and saying, hey – I don't always agree with you, but boy, you know, you've got a passion, you've got your well thought out. Let's, let's have a conversation. Cause I, I might learn something and I might, I might create better art the next time. Yeah, it is disappointing. And there is one other person that I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of scatterbrained, but, um, uh, Seth McFarlane from the Orville reached mm-hmm. out to me because I like to show. Right. And uh, and he was aware of my Star Trek criticism as well. And uh, I guess not so secretly, he's not the biggest fan. And they they did talk to me, too. Uh, and that was great. It was a great conversation. And yes, I absolutely agree that they should reach out. It doesn't have to be to me, to, yeah. to other fans. And it, we're in a new era. Uh, and every person who's creating art now, I love uh, we see this from comic book creators a lot that like I am not accountable to the customer. I am a contract employee. no. Now that you're on social media, you are now in the business of customer service. Mm-hmm. And when you're out there flaming customers uh, or, or insulting half the country just because they support somebody, that's going to reflect on your sales. It's going to reflect on your art. And it's going to hurt your business. It's going to hurt small businesses. It hurts comic shops. It hurts movie theaters. And they, there's, a, there's a lot of resistance to this because we have become so divided on political lines. That division has come directly through 
big tech, the mainstream media, and art and entertainment. When, when, for instance, you know, I am not a big fan of the TV show The Watchmen. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was divisive. They have every right to make it. It's art, and you have every right to make your interpretation, and I have every right to give my criticism. And I didn't think it was, you know, just very good uh, at the at the end of the day. So. I think it's important that we do talk and I think a lot of us do want to talk and they're very resistant because they have labeled us mm -hmm. as white supremacists and alt-right. So if they're seen to uh, talk to us and put us on a human level, then they're going to get a bunch of criticism from the mob that they created. Yeah. And I that's mean, the problem I, we're in right now. I think if you do get their reach out, 99 times out of 100 it'll be anonymous and you could have a great conversation with that person but i don't think yep. they want to want to have that public you hit upon something that i've been intrigued about that i've been asked about and i have my own version of an answer which is really incomplete but i want to get yours you know you're dealing with products that are often failing or stumbling or not getting a second season or you know sales are plummeting and you talk about it you dissect it and you offer some solutions and or you know, commentary on it. That's perfectly fine. But if, if I'm the creators and I'm seeing this financial hit, why are they not responding? Why aren't they not course correcting when they're seeing consistent hits based on this sort of new brand of storytelling? Are they just not, are they not suffering enough? Because that's my theory. If, if, I, maybe I shouldn't give it to you that way. I want because I'm really curious about your take on it. But why aren't they course correcting based on sales? It seems like a no brainer. It really does. So there must be something else funding it. And I completely, my assessment was they ha we haven't seen a, a, a big enough failure yet. That's my take uh, on it too, honestly. Yeah, we, we saw some in 2019 uh, with Terminator Dark Fate and, and uh, you know, Solo the, the previous year and The Rise of Skywalker getting heavily criticized and making a billion dollar less than its previous film. Uh, but I think, you know, 2020, with the shutdown, with the riots, everything was like reset to 2016. Mm -hmm. So I think they were perfectly willing to have some acceptable losses to not look like the bad guys, quote unquote, instead of just making like something like Spider-Man, no way home that just <laughs> brings people together. You know, that's, yeah. they're just, I think they're just hell bent on the message right now. And that message must be getting uh, financed in some way it has to be it's the only thing i can think of because star trek makes no sense to me like it's terrible nobody talks about it nobody watches it they will never release the numbers i've heard you know scuttlebutt that i cannot confirm mm -hmm. that the numbers are extremely low viacom cbs's stock has been tanking for a long time yet they keep making this horrible star trek why well maybe netflix Flip the bill. Not really sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's got to be getting financed somewhere. That's that's a great point. It, it's it's frustrating to think about it because we don't have the answers. But it has to be. They can't just keep taking losses. Uh, you know, a show like yours, a channel like yours, gives voice to the voiceless at times. It it, it sort of a it can be like a primal scream. It, obviously, an, an intelligent one. Not exactly. You know, I, I appreciate the sort of the the nuance and, and sophistication you bring to it. Do, do you get a sense that the frustration level is growing in recent months, if not years. I mean, what's your take on that perspective? The frustration has been growing uh, quite a bit in recent months. Um, it's been simmering. I would say it was simmering from 2016 to 2019. And then it just, it's gone crazy, especially just in the last couple of days 
um, with the book of Boba Fett, uh, pretty much clearly stating that the, the the Disney sequel trilogy is intact. And that was a big schism in the fandom in our sphere anyway. And uh, there was a lot of rumors and I think a lot of people were just believing the rumors and that's fine. You're a fan. That's what fans do. Uh, but it turns out like they're, they're going to continue in that direction. And the last Jedi is, is the, is the, the big thing in our fandom. It's the big <laughs> symbol of it, you know. That, uh, that movie broke me. <laughs> yeah. It just broke it, me. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in, you know, with Lord of the Rings today, mm. I mean, it's Twitter is on fire yeah, about yeah. it. And I've got, I've got, uh, I'm looking at 30 emails just in the last 30 minutes. That's amazing. Like, you're going to make a video? I was like, yes. <laughs> but, you know, that's the ultimate example of a of a project with an unbelievably high price tag that if it does fall on its face, how do you how do you square the how do you crunch those numbers? But what you know, Amazon's Amazon, so they can do it. But it just yep. you would think that'd be the ultimate example of gosh, we went in this wrong direction, assuming that it is the wrong direction, and look what happened. But we shall see. Uh, one last question, Gary. You know, I I would call what you do in your work being on an alternate platform. It's not you know, it's not on Netflix. Obviously, YouTube is is everywhere, but it's not a typical. It's sort of out of the ecosystem of Hollywood. Do you think that sort of the Shows like yours and others that are, you know, the quartering gets a lot of attraction. Uh, is it making a difference? Is it just providing that voice for the voiceless? Or do you think that there's sort of a, a palpable effect with the work you do? Or maybe it's coming soon. It's, I know it's hard to kind of judge things like this, but what's your just general sense of where, uh, of what's happening? I think a new era is in its early stages. Right. We're on we're on the ground floor. Yes, we're on, you know, a very large corporations platform, but we are independent operators. They rarely talk to us, if ever. And uh, with the quartering getting traction, getting over a million subs, uh, my show's getting traction and, and the nerd sphere mm-hmm. getting traction because it's, you know, political. They, they get a lot of hits and stuff. But in the ner- I keep it completely at pop culture most of the time. And that's a finite audience, but it is making I think it is making a difference. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. And uh, Douglas Adams in his very last interview, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, I great known. author, visionary guy. He did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was asked, like, what will be the difference in entertainment in the 21st century? And this was back in 2000. He said the word interactivity. Hmm. And, he, and he called it completely. What quartering does, what I do, what Jeremy at Geeks and Gamers does, or my friend Az, or, you know, or Critical Drinker, we live stream, we make videos, we talk to the audience. It is interactive. And that's the way entertainment used to be back in way back in the mm-hmm. 1900s. You know, the audience will be shouting back at the, at the performers. And uh, Hollywood can't compete with that. So on a talk show level, chat show level, um, you know, that's why uh, you see the system going after Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan is our Johnny Carson, <laughs> but 20 times bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and. And now if they get rid of Joe, there's a thousand Joe Rogans out there and Hollywood can't compete with a guy or a gal firing up their camera, turning on their mic and just talking about whatever. It doesn't have to be pop culture, but that's, that's the new form of entertainment. Um, I hear a lot and, and I, I'm a viewer of YouTube as well. I mean, the first thing I'll go to is a live stream and it could be a channel with a hundred subs. I have, I subscribe to a lot of channels and I dig it. I, so I love watching people just break stuff down and talk about film or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be very difficult for them to compete with. So we are making a dent. And I think 
uh, Seth McFarlane talked to me about this. And we had a quick phone call. But he saw that I was reviewing the Orville Live after it aired, mm -hmm. right? And what he noticed was the chat. And he was looking at the chat and seeing that real-time reaction to his art. And he loved it. And he's like, wow, we, you know, and, and honestly, I just ripped off the, the, the talking dead. I, you know, I'm, I was just a guy, I'm going to, you know, that's how I started my channels. I'm going to go live before TV shows and just do the talking dead with a bunch of TV shows and we can talk about them. And this was back in 2015, 16, there were some really good TV shows out at the time, by the way. And we just break them down. And uh, he saw that and he saw that like real fans talking about it, not worried about anybody watching, nothing's filtered. And that's where we will will defeat them at the end. I mean, they, there's just no way they can compete against this. Yeah, they can't uh, compete against Tim Pool, you know. Yeah, that's a great can. point. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for joining the show. I appreciate the work you do. I love that you're being successful. And uh, I can't imagine how much hard work goes into each each uh, episode because it looks brutal to me. I don't have the skills, the editing background, but <laughs> you, you really bring it together. And of course, if you're not watching Nerdrotic already, you can subscribe to his great YouTube channel and also Friday Night Tights, which is the ultimate show. And uh, keep up the great work. I think you will be making a difference even more than you're doing right now. Uh, I appreciate you, Christian. Thank you so much. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thanks for listening to Right on Hollywood, part of the Just the News podcasting family. My new book, Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul, is available right now. I think Amazon's probably the quickest place to get it. I've been getting some really kind feedback on the book. I had someone I met recently. She asked me to sign it right away. She gave me a, 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 one of those Sharpie markers. I was kind of taken aback, but it was fun. It was sweet. and She had read it and loved it, and that was really flattering. Another person read it, and he said he's reading it a second time right now. Now... If you do get it, you only have to read it once. I hope you enjoy it, but that's all I ask. But do spread the word. It's a really good book, and I'm really proud of it. That's all the time we have for this week. I hope everyone has a great weekend. And please, let's be kind to one another. I think we should make kind the new cool. Thanks for listening to the Right on Hollywood podcast, part of the Just the News Network. We'd love to hear from you about the show. You can email Christian at HollywoodandToto.com. And please don't forget to rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews make our day. But just speak from the heart. Free speech matters more than ever.